I just also want to point out for our eagle-eyed viewers uh, that in no way, I just want to be clear, we definitely didn't already pre-record Fiddler on the Roof and Anchorman and have to re-record them now and my hair is not going to suddenly get a lot longer in episode, in our number threes. So, forget it. It was Everett's fault. Look who's being a little silly goose today. Gotta be a silly goose, it's Anchorman. It's, it's, it's true, you're fitting right in with the, the theme. I'm just not going to stop doing this the whole time. <laughs> Is that how you think Ron Burgundy acts? Look at how funny I am. <laughs> now this guy gets comedy. <laughs> uh, Tuesdays at 8, Ev can't stop shaking his head. <sighs> Episode. Number four on my top 10 favorite movies list is Anchorman. Welcome to another wonderful episode of What I Missed. What I Miss. Yeah, great. Not, not, great. Not, great not past tense. It's what hey, I am currently missing. We pay a lot missing. of attention to the names of our own show It is here. what I'm currently missing, not what I have previously missed. Anchorman is a great film. I love it. Uh, there it is. <laughs> Classic <laughs> association with Anchorman. I love this film. I don't need to say that I, that, that I love it. It is my number four favorite film of all time. And I love it for, for, for like, there's like two reasons why I love it. One, I love it so much just because it's just so funny. It's so unbelievably funny. I laugh just nonstop. And I think everyone does. Like this, this film is, is, is just so quotable. It's probably, it's probably the most quoted film ever, I think in the history of cinema. People, there, you can, in just everyday language, people are just mentioning lines from this film as if it is a part of their daily dialect. Milk was a bad choice. I love lamp. When this all gets sorted out, I think you and me should get an apartment together. 60% of the time, it works every time. Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? The second thing that I love about it is its place and impact in the, on the comedic landscape in general. I think this film and Will Ferrell in particular are the, and Adam McKay, I would put him in that as well, and Judd Apatow as well. The three of them, I think, have such an active role in changing how comedy films are created, produced, thought about, approached, shot, written, you know, all of that. I think I look at this film as sort of the, the jumping off point and I'm an outsider, so I don't know if that's really it or not, but from, again, from, from a fan outsider perspective, looking at the lineage of comedy and how it's developed, I look at Anchorman and I say, oh, that's the line of demarcation. Things changed around this time, and I feel like Will Ferrell, Adam McKay, Judd Apatow uh, are part of that change, that, that seismic change in, in general comedy m moving forward, and I point back to this film. Ev, why do you cool, hate man. this film? Cool. So much. 
No. It uh, breaks this my. This movie's fine. Can I curse this again? Fine. <laughs> what? Can I curse again? Yeah, yeah, we're back in cursing. We're back in cursing? Great. Why do you fucking hate this film? <laughs> Breaks my heart. It's it, fine. I don't hate it. It's it's very funny. You uh, say you it's so unhappily, though. Like, yeah, it's funny. No, because it's not that good. Like, <laughs> it's 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 just, it's fine. It, it, it's really funny. It was really funny when it came out. Uh, and And you're right. You're right about a lot of things. You're right about it being eminently quotable. It has to be... I mean, easily in the last 20 years, perhaps uh, in all time, but it's definitely one of the most quoted films uh, in recent memory. I'm Ron Burgundy. I have many leather-bound books. Loud noises! And I think you're right about it It uh, sort of being a part of, if not the main instigator of this new style of comedy that came with it uh, from Will Ferrell and Adam McKay and Judd Apatow in this very uh, kind of play in the production fast and loose, lots of impro- improv, is, improv, I'm just not even gonna finish the words. <laughs> fuck it. Uh, lots of improv. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> improv. <laughs> Classic improv. The human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> <laughs> I think one, the, the, victi- the movie is a little bit a victim of its own success in that re-watching it now, 15, almost 20 years later, it's not at nearly as funny as it once was for me because A, it's quoted to death. Which of course in German means a whale's vagina. I'm kind of a big deal. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. I'm in a glass case of emotion! So now the movie almost seems to be a cliche of itself because you're like, oh, they're doing this joke? Even though they're the one that made up the joke. So I think that that's not... Anchorman's fault that it became so popular that now it's not as funny because you hear everybody all the time talking about being trapped in a glass cage of emotion. Yeah, but you but you hold choice. it against the film. Like you are do you no, I, I don't hold it against the film. I hold it against the rewatchability of it now. But I, that's not my main problem. So I wouldn't judge the film based on the fact that all these idiots quote that movie all the time. Uh, that's not the film's fault. That it's a sign of a of a funny, memorable film. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Yeah, I stabbed a man in the heart. I saw that. Brick killed a guy. No, I mean, I don't know. I, do you want me to sing? Do you want me to be positive about it before I get negative, or do you want me? No, to No, I want you to in? get negative because because often my movies. <laughs> here's the difference between my movies and your movies and our episodes about them, is. Uh, your movies, we disagree because I don't love your movies, and and mm-hmm. I find storyl structure things or you know issue writing issues whatever, and then we have live banter about those things that you agree about or I disagree about or whatever. In my films, we both like my films because my films are enjoyable, and most people <laughs> like the films that I like because they have souls and they enjoy mm-hmm. fun, good and times. Low IQs. <laughs> Morons, I need your help. <laughs> rally. Let's defeat Ev Durand and his pompous views of how he's better than you. He's not. We're all in this together. Idiots assemble. <laughs> the, but so, yeah, we could sit here and just talk about, like, I'm sure there are things you like about the film. There are things I obviously love about the film. But I want, I'm more interested to hear your stupid analysis on why you wouldn't like this film or Will Ferrell, because that's what I feel like in my heart you are going with. 
and that makes me angry to a place where I want to physically harm you. So, get geared up, get limber. Um, <laughs> I think I don't even I don't know where to start, as is typical when I begin to dissect one of these movies of yours. Uh, there's just so much to. It's a feast. It's so good. It's, it's so it assaults all your senses in such a positive way. Yeah, I think. I think this movie, I didn't, I wasn't as enamored with it when it first came out, even though I was 20 or whatever, and you would think this film would be right in my wheelhouse, for a number of reasons. Uh, one of which is it was PG-13, which I had a problem with, because I think, I think it clearly should be an R-rated comedy. Uh, I think it would be, clearly be better as an R-rated comedy. Mr. Burgundy, you have a massive erection. Really? Yes, I do. Um, and I, I, in, I instinctively rebel against films that should be R, but they want to make more money, so they're PG-13. So that's, that's one, that was my first thing. The second thing is the nature of this comedy, this style of comedy, because it's so not realistic, because I feel like it doesn't really... Because the characters are also over the top... Uh, but it's not all the way into spoof territory. It's this kind of middle ground comedy in the sense of you have a real world comedy where wild stuff happens and it's funny. And then you have spoof, crazy, there's no rules, everything's over the top, joke a minute. And then you have this movie that's just sort of in that, that purgatory between. Where it's like it's kind of supposed to be in the real world so some of the jokes are supposed to take place because this is a real world. But nobody's ever like that. No one's ever going to say that. No one's... This is not real at all. And so I think that I struggle with that style of comedy in general. And then as time went on and I would rewatch it a couple years after it came out, I was like, oh shit, this movie is pretty, this is pretty funny. Like there's a lot of really funny lines and I, I began to appreciate it a little bit more. And then a few years later when I started watching it again, like now when I watch it, I honestly like chuckle a little bit and there's a few parts that I go, yeah, that's always going to be funny. It smells like Bigfoot's dick is always going to make me laugh. Smells like Bigfoot's dick. Oh. All in all, there's, there's, I just don't think, I don't think the rewatchability is very high. And because of that, I don't think it's a great movie. I just don't think it, 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 it deserves its place on the pantheon of great comedies if it's not nearly as funny today as it was when it came out. Great comedies are maybe a little less funny because you know the jokes, but I always, I always reference to you Trading Places or Coming to America or some of the Fairly Brothers movies from the 90s. There's some about Mary and Dumb and Dumber or a lot of the movies that came after this, the Judd Apatow movies of Knocked Up and 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yeah. Like those are all movies that I watch today, Wedding Crashers, as we talked about. Yeah. And I laugh out loud like a, like a crazy person. And, and Anchorman... That comedy kind of ages itself more rapidly, I think. I think what you're, I think the, the, what you're touching on is, is a really difficult thing for comedy in general, comedy films in general. And maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're, try, what you're trying to say. But the way that I interpret it is I would not say that Anchorman is a good film. I think that every film that you mentioned put a priority on the film and then made a film that was funny. I think Anchorman is clear, and there are certain movies that are like that, like Naked Gun, you know, any sort of, sp Airplane, 
There, there, are, there are movies out there that just put a premium and a priority on, we are going to make you laugh, period. And then, the, and then whatever happens within the film, the film side of it, the story, whatever, like that just is. And, and comedy so uniquely has to make that choice. And that's exactly what we talked about for um, uh, Wedding Crashers, is, is, is that delicate balance. Is w when you're a filmmaker and you're setting out to create a comedy, how, how do you hold both of those things at equal weight? Or, or do you just say, fuck it, like we're, we're just trying to make you laugh. And like there's, there's purpose for that. Like there's a place for that within film. And we're gonna neglect sort of some of the story stuff and like you're just gonna enjoy this. Or we're gonna make a really good film or try and make the best film possible that you, that you happen to laugh at as well. So do you, and I feel like the general population holds it against films that are just outright comedy. Put comedy first and put story second. And is that fair? Is that fair to do? To just say, well, that's, a, that's just a comedy and oh, that's a dumb thing and it's silly and I don't really care about it. Like, does that no, make sense very, what I'm saying? Because it yeah, might yeah. not. That, I think it makes sense, but I do think that it's different from movies like Naked Gun or Airplane or these clear spoofs, because you know that, because that's, because the jokes are all over the place. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that. <sighs> the jokes come from a huge variety of sources, uh, the different kinds of humor you can have. I think movies like Anchorman and uh, Step Brothers uh, are movies where the comedy mostly comes from a very specific bit that is, uh, in those cases, in Anchorman and Step Brothers and a few others, is, uh, is, a, is, the, is the absurdity of the main character or characters. And it, to me, it feels like, like Anchorman feels like a Saturday Night Live sketch stretched over an hour and a half or two hours. Like we have this really funny character. How can we build out a story around him, but really it's just going to be, oh, we have these other funny characters too. Let's get them. Let's have them interact. What's the, what's the bare minimum we, of a structure we can put these guys into to let them just be funny? And that's really funny once or twice. Uh, I just don't think it has staying power. And I think that there's a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of films that um, are based on Saturday Night Live sketches, like literally like Night at the Roxbury, um, or there's, I mean, Superstar, or that whole generation had a bunch that they, they put Wayne's out. World. Yeah, but Wayne's World, I was going to say, is the exception, because Wayne's World is, generally speaking, much more appreciated. Oh, I most didn't, I didn't know what the Saturday point you were making. You were just naming Saturday Night Yeah, yeah, most of those Saturday Night Live films are, 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 are largely forgettable. There's funny bits, and if you see them at the right time in your life, you, that you latch on to certain memories, you know? Like, I remember all the girls in my high school doing that, thing with smelling the armpits from Superstar, but it's not like anyone like looks back at Superstar and goes like, God damn, that was a great movie. Or like that was really memorable in all these different ways. And but, I'm not trying to pick on that. No, film, no, but. no, no, but that's, but that's my question. That is my question. Does, does, what value do you put on a film that just says, we're going to make you laugh? Like, but it depends on the kind. Cause like Airplane or Naked Gun, I put a tremendous amount of value. I would too. Spaceballs, Sp Mel Brooks. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like Spaceballs is, 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 I mean, it just borrows the story from somewhere else and just, and then just only says, all right, we're going to make you laugh. Like that's the goal of these films. So, so I don't, I, I think that people look 
badly on these other films that they should be held in a different type of regard. They're not trying well, to be... this is a very narrow field, though. It that's is. What, that's my point, is that these types of comedies, of which I can only name two or three, uh, Anchorman, uh, Step Brothers, Zoolander, to a certain yeah, extent, yeah. I really like Zoolander, but that, that kind of movie where the, the joke is the character's extreme absurdity and that this kind of person would even exist is the joke, and they're doing all this stuff that no normal person would ever say or do, that wears thin quicker. And it feels to me, and this is what I thought when it first came out, even when I was younger, was that it's easier. It's kind of low-hanging fruit. It's we have this bit, we have this talented performer, Will Ferrell, just go be funny. And we're just going to film it. And that to me is very different from a movie like Airplane or a movie that has a lot of really intelligent humor mixed into the stupidity. To me, Anchorman, while it makes you laugh in some parts or when it first came out in all the parts... There's really no discernible intelligence to this movie, and I think that the lack of intelligence in baked into the humor makes it age poorly. It makes it not as as good of a movie or as funny over time as even Airplane, which came out 40 years earlier, which I look at 30 years earlier, and I laugh out loud to this day. And Anchorman, I just kind of like, huh, I remember when that was funny, you know? That's crazy. To say that there's no intelligence in this, it's a different type of intelligence because it's more performer based. No. Low. no. <laughs> it's a different. No. I guess I guess this is how much you must feel. Like I'm just so angry. I don't know how to respond. Yeah. Uh, like I just want to shout at you because it's it's like it's improv to say to say that this doesn't have any version of intelligence is it's crazy to me because. It takes such a, a certain type of performer. There's a reason why there's like these troops that, that, that why Will Ferrell and, and Paul Rudd and I never remember the guy's uh, champ. I can't remember his name, but I know his name. He's, I, I think he's wildly Ke Kechner, funny. David Keckner. Yes, David Keckner, correct. Like these guys work as comedy like groups or they work within comedy groups. Like, go ahead. I'm not saying that it doesn't take intelligence to make it or that it doesn't take skill to make it or that the performers don't have a certain intelligence in their performance. I'm saying that type of comedy is unintelligent portray intelligence. The final result is not one of intelligence and intelligence sounds like a much snobbier word that I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say everybody's stupid and you're stupid if you like it, but that's you, all I you hear. get my point the difference between something that's really like there's there's more intent with with these other films there's more craft there's more writing yes and that inherently produces something that has a little more intelligent of a result whereas if you're just go be funny that takes a tremendous amount of skill set which i really love and respect to be able to improvise and come up with great takes and and, and make something funny but that lack of structure or intelligence just doesn't translate well over time. It be, it's it's more it's more forgettable. It's it doesn't it doesn't have the staying power. But that's Sorry, yeah. But the, like and th that's why like improv is. I guess because I, I, I don't have an answer to it. I just feel it's unfair because I don't think what you're saying. I feel like what you're saying. There's a larger group of people who feel the same way you do. That they look at this and 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 they go yeah whatever. But and they and they criticize the film for it. And it is a film, so maybe it should be held to film standards, but it's a much different approach. It's a much different approach, and you get a much different result. 
it, like how sketch comedy is more forgettable and improv, I mean, improv is only meant to be seen live one time. It's like that moment that happens and it's, and it's beautiful. It's like a shooting star. It just, it goes, it, it, it blossoms and it burns out quickly. It's, it's beautiful for that moment that you're there for it. And this film like made that successful. It made people take note of that style of creating a film to a, to a general audience. And now it is almost a common practice with Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, Jason Siegel. I mean, what about Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy? I mean, all these talented, talented actors and actresses always find a way to work best comedically in these groups. And some of the best ways that you construct comedy is how you mine scenes for comedy you know, like Curb Your Enthusiasm, same, same structure, same way, like all of these, they're performance-based comedies that performers mind comedy out of. They are given a scene, they're given a little bit of structure, they're given a little bit of a sandbox to play in, and then they find comedy within it. And that's a really interesting and unique way to, to provide comedy, but, but I feel like it gets discredited because it's not your traditional way of making a film. I disagree with the comparison uh, specifically to Curb Your Enthusiasm, but other ones too, because again, those all take place in a relatively real world and Anchorman does not. So Anchorman me, does, I think you're wrong the about comedy, that. The comedy from Anchorman doesn't come from putting these characters in funny situations. It comes from just go. Like the, the, the story structure and the situations are almost irrelevant to, to their performances. All of the comedy, 95% of the comedy in this movie is generated from them being weird. I, dis like I disagree. They, that they are embellished. They're all embellished characters, but they're very flushed out character driven characters. Like the, the, they're, they're very developed and they're, 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 personifications of what men in the 70s were like. There's a sports guy, there's a, there's a over-sexualized guy, there's a, a moron, and, and there's like a, a, a conceited, arrogant, you know, news anchor guy. Like they're, they're all like, and they're, they're, they're misogynistic because of the times that they're living. They're like madmen if madmen were like silly. Like it's, they, there's, they're, but they're grounded in some sense of reality. I don't think they're as outlandish as you think that they are. I don't think that. But, and, and the surroundings that they are put in, the comedy comes from them being outlandish because they are true fish out of water uh, characters because of the world around them is very normal. The world around supporting those characters is very normal. Nobody's normal in this movie. Come on, Fred Willard is very is normal. A normal. What is guy. what does he do? That's out of the the, the bits with him and talking about his son. Like that's funny. That's not. Yeah, no, that's that's maybe the best part. Yeah, that's the hilarious. Part. But you and I are mature adults. We've both seen our share of pornographic materials. Oh, you never have. Uh, of course you haven't. How stupid of me. Neither have I. I was just speaking in generalities. And what does he do? That's outlandish. Like he does nothing. He's a straight man in that film. Chris Parnell is a straight man in that film. Uh, Christina Applegate is a straight man. I don't know about that. Woman in that in the, in that film. Everyone except for the four of them, the news team, is straight. That's not that's not accurate. Who is not? 
I mean, I, I wouldn't describe Willard or Chris Parnell as straight men in this movie necessarily. One thousand percent. All of the all of the competing news teams. Those people are not straight men. Well, they're just uh, probably you're right. The 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 Vince Vaughn. They're the anyone Jack in the news. Jack Black is not a straight man. Like n- none of these little people that show up and have cameos. They're not playing these characters straight. Oh yeah, this is happening now. Like you know, this, this, the, 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 it's a very unrealistic world. You can you are trying very hard to <laughs> to connect this to some semblance of reality. It's like, well, actually, there was a lot of sexism in the '70s in the workplace. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so sure. So they're sure. doing embellishing. They're not on an alien planet, uh, but it's not it's not a real world. There's no semblance of this is like. There's not a lot of logic in terms of. This happened, so this happens because this is a normal world. Like, there's, I, I, I still think even Christina Applegate's not really a straight character because she, her motivations and and character development is all over the map, are all over the map. I like, I think it's such a miss that, like, she, they should have played her as a completely straight character. That would have been a better choice. What does she do? That's outlandish. Him. Like, she's just she, fighting. She for immediately her. falls in love with him, and she's immediately but overwhelmed that's not, with that, attraction. But that's not outlandish. That's stupid. That's, that's that's you can say that's a stupid plot point. It's a lazy choice. I just feel like there's lazy humor. The whole point of her character was to show up and and be the embodiment of of the strength. This strong new woman, this independent woman, and that's how she's portrayed as she comes in. And all these guys are falling over themselves trying to, like, seduce her in these animalistic, shitty ways. And she's like, no, no, no. But the second they go out on a date, she's like, oh, oh, no, oh. And then she just completely changes. Like, all of her agency as a character melts away, and she's like... Now she's in on the joke. And that's, that's No, she's never... No, she tries very hard to to maintain her professionalism. Ron does not. For her first five minutes on camp. But and even then, afterwards. By, by her second scene, she's in an animated riding unicorn. Yeah, but that's funny. Scene. That's like, a funny... <laughs> that, that scene... Do, what, what's the difference between that scene and the Big Lebowski's drug trip? What's the difference? Yeah, it's the same type of scene. If you're going to say, yeah, like, oh, that's crazy or whatever, but Big Lebowski is regarded no, as one of the greatest comedies of all time. I'm not complaining time. about the, the fact that that scene's in Anchorman. I'm just saying, you can't, I can't buy into she's kind of a straight character who has a, uh, uh, you know, a, a consistent uh, character arc because all of a sudden you can't, she's in, the, she's in a stupid over-the-top scene right away the the flute scene she's impressed by the flute scene i thought this woman was supposed to be like a, a real person but it's not but it's a comedy like it's a fucking comedy yeah but you still stay she could still be the straight woman throughout where she's I, like th- oh, she is she is this impressive her character you're just talking about things you dislike that happen in the film her character never does anything ridiculous she physically doesn't do anything ridiculous. You're faulting yeah, her for like falling in love peels. with Ron Burgundy. That's not an outlandish thing. That's a. It's ridiculous that she does it right away, and it's based on his like animal magnetism. It completely undercuts what everything her character is built Why up to be. Why are you oppressing women's sexuality? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm literally standing up for women. How? She, she's welcome. You're saying she can't she's be sexually to be attracted, attracted to Ron to Burgundy. That's but her for choice. For the sake of the story. For the sake of the story, she's supposed to be like a more unwavering person, this young professional coming in, and she's so 
vapid that all he has to do is play the fucking jazz flute. That's stupid. Uh, You're dancing around on a table. That, that all stupid, of a sudden like, she's like, "Oh, I gotta go change my panties." Like it's it's just she she immediately loses all of her her independence. They're not trying to develop a love story. They they want them to be together. That's the the yeah, God, But that's my point. Is this is not realistic? There are no realistic logical choices. It's just what's funny for no. this scene. You, you would be funny. You are ridiculous. To 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 if you're if you want to say what's not realistic in no world is they get into a bear fight, and the dog saves the day. I'll agree a thousand percent that is an unrealistic situation to happen. But for a woman to fall in love with a man that you don't believe that they should fall in love, that is not out of character of a straight person to do. That is nitpicking. But it doesn't happen in any type of normal, believable way. So yes, is it possible that she would, against her better judgment, fall for this man? Uh, maybe, yes. even though he's like, a thousand he has, he has, he's the most moronic person in that film. Uh, like, so it's not likely that in the course of one night, as he's saying, this town's name means whale's vagina, and uh, <laughs> is clearly been trying to uh, sexually harass her the whole time. Like, that she's going to be like, oh, he's so, oh, my goodness. Like, so it's fine for the sake of comedy that that happens, but don't tell me it's realistic or it's based in some real world because it's not. But then by that logic, no comedy is based in the real world. That's not at all true. Let's even just look back at Wedding Crashers. So where, a guy getting jerked off Vin under the table is a real world situation that would happen? Absolutely Number not. One, it, it is it is possible but number one, we're talking about relationships here, and they spend all that fucking time building up Owen Wilson and and, and Rachel uh, McAdams's relationship. So like, it's, no, but I'm it, talking it, about Vince Vaughn and Isla Fisher. You, like, getting someone in, in a family dinner table at a family scene getting jerked off by by someone is. I want to ask you something honestly. Do you think that that has never happened? Do you think that a woman has yes. never given a man a hand job under the table at a family dinner? I mean, never. Not never. There's nothing that never has happened. I'm sure something has happened. But, but it is more believable, it is more believable for a woman to fall in love with a co-worker despite any sort of... Uh, a co-worker, yes. Not fucking that guy who's sitting there with his flabby body doing curls like, oh yeah, I just did a thousand million push-ups. Did you see me? Did you see that's me? That's so much more of an everyday occurrence than two people who met days ago, jerking nope. one of the other people off underneath a table in front of their father. That is so much less believable. Well, no matter what, they're both on your top 10, so you're insulting your own movies. <laughs> no, it's just, you're, you, you, you're nitpicking something that you just don't like about the film. That's fine. But to say that no, that's, that, that's an absurd like, I'm thing making the point that it's not realistic. And you were arguing that it was, so I'm saying, no, it's not. There is very little logic from the scene, the scenes are just a, a collage of random stuff. We need to move on from this point. I don't even know what we're <laughs> talking about anymore. I guess it's a stupid movie, forget it. Just end the show. <laughs> great, great, we did it. <laughs> <laughs>